The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Change is the one constant in life. It is inevitable, and it will happen to all of us at one time or another. Whether we like it or not, people and circumstances will change. We will get sick, loved ones will die, jobs will be lost, couples will grow apart, and children will move out. And when that happens, we are scared and sometimes lost. But here is the good news. Each one of us can write the next chapter of our life. No matter what we face, with the right mindset and unwavering tenacity, we can raise the curtain to a second act. I'm Joan Herman, and through my Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life brand and Second Acts, it is my mission to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation to write the next part of your story. And what a story it will be. Welcome to Second Acts. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for joining us. Today's guest, Shannon Dingle, has experienced staggering tragedy and trauma in her life, including surviving sexual abuse and trafficking as a child and the loss of her husband. But through the grief, she learned to find hope. In her first book, Living Brave, Lessons from Hurt, Letting the Way to Hope, she gives women permission to be brave in the darkest times. Shannon is a disability activist and freelance writer. Her story has been featured by Today, NPR, Good Morning America, and in The Atlantic and The Wall Street Journal. Welcome, Shannon. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So, Shannon, you've experienced so much pain and loss in your life, and I'm really sorry for everything that you've had to endure. So let's begin by starting with your story from the early years. What happened to you when you were a child? Um, When I was a child, I was born into a family that I thought was completely normal because as a kid, you don't know any different. I was the youngest of three in a family that was very, very concerned about outward appearances, but not about much of anything else. And so as long as everything looked good, whether or not things were good was irrelevant. Um, I began uh, experiencing sexual abuse at a very young age. By the time I was Wrapping up middle school, it escalated to sex trafficking, where basically my dad allowed men to um, to continue that same abuse for a price. Um, and then basically my focus uh, through a lot of those years was that if I could make it to 18, then I could go to college, I could get out of there. I could make it through anything after that. I just needed to live long enough to get to adulthood. So you started off by saying you thought you lived in a family where all of this was normal. When did you realize that this behavior was not quote unquote normal? 
You know, it was a gradual realization to um, notice little things about other families that at first seemed like, oh, wow, they're like really nice to each other. That's weird. Um, And then realizing as I observed other families that and more and more, you know, that, that that was much more the norm than what my household was. When you are a child experiencing extreme trauma, you learn to be incredibly observant because that is what is necessary for survival. So I would observe people's moods. I would observe people's reactions. I would observe what was going on in a larger context to know if um, family members were going to be angry if family members were going to be in a bad mood or good mood or um, a mood where they were distracted by things and so maybe I would be safer and with all of that it made me a, a keen observer of other families and other people as well I think that there was a part of me that always knew that some of the things were wrong uh, I think we're just wired in a way um, and research supports this to consider incest to be a um, to to be kind of a crime against our own personhood um, when perpetuated uh, by especially by an older male figure Mm -hmm. and so I began watching and I would say it was really solidly by middle school when kids talked a lot more about their home lives than we really did in elementary school that I realized wait these experiences that other people are sharing seem to be like real and true rather than what I had been taught to do which is there's things you share that make us look good and then there's things that no one shares and so we so that we don't look bad and I thought everybody had those stories that no one shares so we don't look bad and it was um you know around 11 or so that I realized that so Shannon you mentioned your father when the person who is supposed to protect you and that you're supposed to be able to trust the most betrays you in such a horrific manner, how do you then move forward and build any type of a relationship with another person? It's hard. Um, And it was made even more difficult by the fact that my father was a high-ranking official in the local sheriff's office. So it not only was my father who's supposed to care for me, but how do you go to the police when it's the police that are hurting you? Hmm. Um, So... For, for me, honestly, a lot of uh, the reality has been that I am very slow to trust. I am very cautious about letting people in and kind of to a fault can try to be independent. I'm learning more and more, and a lot of my story in the book is, is speaking to that, um, uh, the how to trust and how I came to trust. Lee, my husband, uh, who I met when I was 18, um, and a large part of trusting him was that I got a horrible case of mono and really just didn't feel well enough to be second-guessing everything like I usually would. 
you, in addition to these emotional scars that you've just described, you've had other impacts on your life. Can you share some of those with us as well? Yeah, um, I have some physical disabilities that are lasting from physical and sexual abuse. I've had um, six knee surgeries, I think now, six spinal surgeries, and things are much better, but will never be what they should have been. Um, at various times, I experienced different levels of disability as, the, as a result of all of that, and even had um, my most recent spine surgery was just this past January. And additionally, um, I think it's really, really important that we are mindful that our minds are as much a part of our body as our knees and spine are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I have um, pretty severe PTSD and uh, require a lot of really um, robust mental health supports that thankfully um, I've been able to put into place and have an excellent therapist who I've been working with for quite a while. Um, so one of the things that I hope is a takeaway from the book is that there is absolutely no shame in seeking help, you know, that more often than not, it's when we don't seek help and we don't acknowledge how hard things are that we end up taking the hurt that we've experienced and turning it into hurt against other people. So Shannon, you've experienced tremendous, tremendous tragedy in your life, going through all of what happened as a child, then you you met a man, you fell in love, and then he passed away. And so you have all of these emotional and these physical scars. For anyone who is listening, we all go through different challenges in one degree or another. But with what you were able to move forward from, how on earth did you do this? How did you get from that place where you were so broken to writing a book about living brave? How did you make that leap? Well, I think all of us are a lot braver than we know. And and then circumstances can end up making it necessary for that to rise up more than it might have otherwise. I don't aim to be perfect. I used to. And that was something that would catch me up all the time because no one is perfect, and I would um, end up beating myself up a lot in addition to emotional and spiritual abuse that I experienced from others. I think, and, and I write about this, that taking the next right step is all that any of us can do. And while my trauma and, and tragedies have been on the much more severe end, if we're going to rank things, whatever is hard for any given person is their hard. It's not that mine is worse or theirs is worse. You know, we all are experiencing difficult things, particularly in light of COVID, but in light of just life in general. And so... I hope one of the things that my book conveys is that we all have really difficult things. We all are able to take one step at a time, that we're all able to care for ourselves in mind and body, that we're all able to 
say yes to the hard things that we know are the right things and bravely say no to the things that are not anything that we need to be doing. We talk a lot about the bravery of saying yes, but not as much the bravery of saying no. Shin, can you share with our listeners a a strategy or two from your book that can help someone be brave? So one of the things, and, and I come back to this again and again, and it doesn't seem like a major thing, but breathing exercises, there's a ton of different breathing exercises you can do. The one that I often do is called box breathing, which I'll explain in just a moment. Our breath helps us regulate emotion. There is um, all sorts of science that backs that up. Um, there's a lot of basis for uh, in that knowledge for yoga and for other um, uh, activities that are known for reducing stress, um, as well as even just in, in prayer, uh, praying and breathing as sort of a, a combination. We know that that helps get us to the place where we're not reacting out of um, pure reactionism, you know, uh, that we're actually being able to connect with ourselves. So with box breathing, um, I usually draw a box in the air when I'm doing it, or at least very smallly, um, kind of in my lap of you breathe one, or you hold your breath one, two, three, four, Um, you exhale one, two, three, four, you hold that one, two, three, four, and then you um, inhale one, two, three, four. And that pausing allows us to get to to a more grounded place than we often are. So there's other grounding things um, that I use a lot, like counting different items in a room, for example, uh, that I didn't include in the book, but plan to um, be be publishing an article about soon, because so much of our body and our brain are connected. But the, um, the other principle that I think is really important um, and want to share with listeners now is that we all are brave in our own ways and it doesn't look like something that is prescribed so often we call certain things brave and usually they're the showier things they're the more um more flashy more um celebrated more visible things and sometimes the brave thing is getting out of bed sometimes the brave thing is going into work after a project didn't go well. Sometimes the brave thing is continuing to work on a relationship or walking away from the relationship. And all of that is can only really be determined by connecting with your own self and your own experiences, often through, I'll give another plug for therapy, um, often with somebody who is trained or at least someone who has proven trustworthy in your life so that you can um, learn what brave looks like for you in terms of what your principles and values are. Um, 
I would love to give one-size-fits-all advice that would be perfect for everyone, um, but that would, wouldn't be true or authentic um, because while we all do need to connect with ourselves to know um, really w- and check in with ourselves to know what the next brave thing is, there isn't a universal, okay, if this is happening in my life, what do I do sort of answer. The book is Living Brave, Lessons from Hurt, Lighting the Way to Hope. If you'd like to get more information about Shannon and her work, you can visit shannondingle.com. Shannon, in about 30 seconds or less, what's a takeaway? What would you like to leave our listeners with? I would love for listeners to know that they are loved and lovable and able to do the next thing. So often we aren't brave because we doubt ourselves or because we think that we don't have the capacity that someone else who we think is brave has. And the reality is that we are made to be brave in responding to the next things and that is something that isn't just for like some elite class no this is something that is for everyone shannon thank you so much for joining us it has really been a pleasure having you on the show yeah thank you for having me Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, subscribe to our mailing list, check out our articles, magazine, book club, and be sure to follow us on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. We spend a third of our lives sleeping and dreaming, yet most of us have no idea what goes on during that time. I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, and as a dream expert and best-selling author, I'm here to empower you to mine the gold from your nighttime dreams. Join me on The Kelly Sullivan Walden Show, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, available wherever you get your podcasts. Until we meet again, Don't take your dreams lying down.